In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. So once, I saw this guy on a bridge, and he was ready to jump. And I said, don't do it. And he said, nobody loves me. And I said, God loves you. Are you a Christian? And he said, yes. I said, me too. He said, Protestant, Catholic, or Orthodox? He said, Orthodox. And I said, me too. Eastern or Oriental Orthodox? He said, Oriental. I said, me too. Are you Coptic or Syrian or Armenian? He said, I'm Armenian. I said, me too. Are you Hayastansi? Are you Bosetsi? Are you Amerikai? He said, I'm American-Armenian. I said, me too. Prelacy or diocese? He said, prelacy. I said, be gone, heretic, and I pushed him off the bridge. (laughs) So I had this joke in my sermon file for a while, but I didn't use it because it felt a bit dark and edgy. And then I said, well, in the U.S. today, in the world around us, even sometimes our church, it keeps catching this fever of, of factionalism. And I thought it might be good medicine. And factionalism is as old, it's very old, and it's a very serious problem. And for simplicity, this is how I want to define factionalism. It's when a group of people are united on what they're against rather than anything that they're for. Now, there's a subtlety here. Dissent and disagreement is not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's good. I don't know if you watched this. One of my favorite shows is... Prime Minister's Questions. It's where in the United Kingdom on every Wednesday they get to ask questions, the members of the Parliament of the Prime Minister. And it's more like a boxing match with words than questions really. Displeasure, anger, accusation, but always face to face. It's much more contentious and direct than U.S. debate. You can fall asleep watching C-SPAN. You can never fall asleep watching Prime Minister's questions. And what makes this distinct from factionalism is that as fiercely as they disagree, they do so face-to-face, and they do so to serve the one thing greater than them all, which is the United Kingdom. I feel like such a format might help us in America where it seems we can't remember the great things which unite us and instead we are forming more and more what we could call factional friendships. Listening to and associating only with those people who are against what we are against, right? So masks or not masks or Biden or wokeism or Trump or socialism or whoever are not our people. And social media, of course, ensures that we never have to do any of this face-to-face. And then we go to Armenia. Armenia's in an even tougher situation. We've often lacked stability and central authority for so much of our history. We don't have much practice with being together. And so, the last I checked, there's 117 registered political parties in Armenia. 117 for a country of two or two, two and a half million. And... The church is in this too. At times, we've had five Catholicoi at the same time. Five Catholicoi at the same time. Now again, diversity and dissent aren't the problem. It's factionalism. Defining our group not by what we're for, but what we're against. 
We hate Pashinyan, the traitor. We hate the oligarchs, Sarkisian and Kocharyan. We hate Aliyev and Ergon. We hate the Russians. We hate the Americans. Ah, yeah, but what are we for? What are we for? Well, deep within our history, for Americans, for Armenians especially, there's always been an opposing centripetal force, a center-seeking force, which brings us together instead of tearing us apart, and it's at the core of what it means to be a Christian. We're joined by Christ, mysteriously, by the Holy Spirit, and that makes us one with Him and with one another over time, in space, right here and right now. This should mean that the most diverse and unlikely combinations of people work together for the church, for the nation, because what unites us is infinitely more important, and I'm not exaggerating, infinitely more important than what might divide us. And we have this power and calling in Christ to defeat factionalism, yet the battle hasn't been won, it's ongoing. This is what we see in today's epistle reading and so many of Paul's letters to the early church. If you think factionalism is a problem now, look back then. It's the exception, it's not the exception, it's the rule. They were arguing about real Christians are Jews. No, real Christians are Gentiles. Real Christians are the ones that were baptized by Paul. No, they're ones baptized by Peter. This month we celebrate the Feast of the Apostles, and we look at them as one big happy group, but that also is not true. Jesus' chosen apostles were so diverse in background and personality. Andrew, we're told, was very humble and self-effacing. John and James, the brothers, were the opposite. They were often arrogant and sought to sit at the right and the left hand of Jesus. Thomas was slow acting and in his head. Peter was impulsive and all heart. But perhaps the prize for the apostolic odd couple goes to Simon, who's nicknamed the Zealot, and Matthew, the tax collector. And if you watch The Chosen, you see some interesting dynamics between these two. But they're as different as you can get. Simon is a fierce nationalist for the Hebrew people, dedicating his life to restoring the power of the Hebrew people from the occupying government, probably using violence in his past. Matthew was the exact opposite, accommodator. He was a tax collector for the bad guys from the Jewish people. Jesus somehow led these apostles in a manner opposite to how our society leads today. He didn't make a team of factional friendship or those who saw things the same way. He didn't assemble a bunch of moderates and, or even people that were like him. What Jesus does with the disciples is what he wants to do with us. And it's not iron over our differences, but he wants steel to sharpen steel. He wants to raise us up to what is far greater and better for any and all of us. He didn't choose 12 people like himself, but by his word and spirit, he makes them like himself. And this is true in this country and in this church. We are not from the same places here. Surprisingly, we speak a lot of different languages and dialects, even sometimes when we're speaking the same language. We have very different views, but God has called us together and for 16 years, for blessed 16 years, which we're celebrating today, He united us in this holy and consecrated place as a sacred family, a great miracle indeed. 
So then let's make sure to never let whatever our small issues and identities and politics are interfere with that clear overarching commandment. Jesus had only one that he gave his disciples and he gave to us. Love one another. This is not the social media emoticon love one another. This is the love which is long-suffering, the love which is humble, the love which is forgiving, a love which always builds up and never tears down, a love which sometimes has no idea why someone thinks or acts like they do, but still strives to love the person as Jesus would. Because by loving one another, that is the only proof we're told in our Bible that we are Christians and we bear witness to the world of who we are despite background identity politics age. We love like no one else. And so factions have always been in this church, in Armenia, in the U.S. Don't be tricked into any more factional friendships. These quickly wither and die. Jesus is our one true friend and he has one commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. There is no greater love than this, Jesus says, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. This is not a factional friend, but a friend for life, a friend forever, now and always, and unto the ages of ages. Amen.